In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. So in preparing for uh, this homily, reading the scriptures early in the week, and the line that jumped out to me was the last line that uh, Deacon Scott read, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. You know, we as Christian people are a people of joy. That's, if, if we're, Father Alexander Schmemann said one time, he said, if Christian people aren't joyful, they're not Christians. So are you feeling guilty? You're supposed to feel guilty. Joy, what is that? It's kind of an, it's an elusive thing for us, you know, because we get it like it's happiness. It's like it's, you know, I'm getting my way and things are going great in my life, and then all of a sudden they turn and I lose my joy. That's not how, that's not the joy that, say, that the Lord is talking about. The joy he's talking about is you can't lose it. You can't lose it. That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves because Christ is in you. That joy is permanent. We just got to find a way to find it and to look at it and to, and to preserve it and understand what the Christian life is about. It is about being joy-filled. I don't see joy in your faces today. So maybe this will help you because it did help me a little bit when I looked at this. You know, one of the times in my day that I love the most is in the morning in my prayers when I pray for the departed. Uh, not, because, not just because I love them and want to show my love to them and pray for God's mercy, but also that it says where we're going. It talks about a place where we're headed. Sheltered in a place of brightness, a place of refreshment, a place of repose where all sickness, sorrow, and sighing have fled away, and the sight of thy countenance rejoices all thy saints from all the ages. Grant them thy heavenly kingdom, a portion in thine ineffable and eternal blessings, the enjoyment of thine unending life. Sound good to you? Yeah! That's where you're going! That's the end of the game, or actually the beginning. This life is just a prelude. This is the prologue to the book. We live eternity in that place. So we have to understand how important this is to see that where we're going, this place of brightness, a place of refreshment, a place of rest where all sickness, sorrow, and sighing and fled away, and the sight of God's presence rejoices everything. Wow, that's, that's encouraging. That prayer brings me joy, and that joy cannot be taken away from me. It's really an important thing to know. Find those joys that can't be taken from you. Let me read here also, Romans 8. We've been going through this a little bit. I love these passages and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. How many things work together for good? 
all things work together for good for those that love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And later in that chapter, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? Should that separate us? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet all things, in all things, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. For I am persuaded. Now, St. Paul's life is a tough one. He didn't have many good things happening, in a sense. He went through all kinds of bad stuff. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of, Christ, of, the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, for we are in Christ. That's my parenthesis, by the way. For we're in Christ. Nothing separates us from the love of Christ. That brings me joy. I can rest there. My soul can rest in that place. When we pray before the icon of Christ, we end the prayer by, and he fills all things with joy. How many things? All things. That's the joy that doesn't disappear. That's the joy we need to hold on to and understand that that's given to us as Christian people to live a joy-filled life. So how do we get this? How do we go after this? Let me just talk through a few ideas and thoughts that I've had during the week. First, I was thinking, what is the enemy of joy? Why don't I have it? Well, the enemy of joy is this statement. It's all about me. It's all about my way, my opinion, my life, my expectations. That, will, that, that is a robber of joy. That's a thief. That statement's a thief. Because raise your hand if everything in life has gone the way you've wanted it to. What? Are you kidding me? And that you lost your joy a little bit there, didn't you? Because it tends to be all about me. It's my problem. It's all about me. I lose it. Okay, I can lose it very quickly there. So be very careful that that's not where my joy is found. In my way, my opinions, that's not... How many times... Have you gone through life and have every time you've had an opinion, it's been totally accepted by everybody around you? I'm surprised. So if that's it, you lose your joy. They're not agreeing with me. Ooh. So we have to be careful here. Be careful. That's not the way to go. That's not where we're going to find joy. So then we're just going to kind of find ourselves in a little cluster of people that just agree with me, right? I'm going to spread myself out. I'm going to hide myself in a little corner. 
That's not the joy we should be looking for. So for us today, let's get some foretaste. How do we taste the joy? We can't get it in its fullness. That will be given to us when we enter the heavenly kingdom uh, for after our departing this life. We will get the fullness of that joy. So how do we get it now a little bit? What do we get the foretaste of it? I think first, it, I'll just give you one thing. It's, it's in relationships. You find joy in relationships. And I don't mean that just you find a friend and then you kind of nuzzle up to them and spend time. No. It's a joy that's born out of going through the good, the bad, and the ugly with people. The good, the bad, and the ugly with them. Coming out on the other side of that with them. Okay, here's the good, the bad, and the ugly. I come out on the other side and I'm with them. On that side of that is joy. I'll give you a great example of this. Some of you don't know these people and they've departed this life, but they were an incredible icon of that joy. John and Virginia Hedges. 72 years they were married. And they went through the good, the bad, and the ugly. They had two really difficult boys to raise. John Stephen would tell you, I, I know the stories. So, and here's the beauty of that. When they were with us, it was a, such a blessing. They would come in to matins. Every morning, on time, on time, and they'd sit, they'd sit over here, before we had this, sit over here, and hold, their, hold hands, and listen to matins, and sit through the liturgy, and take Holy Communion together. Joy, it was a picture of joy, holding your hands, 72 years of marriage, walking through all that stuff together, not jumping ship, but staying together. Joy, that's where it is. It's in walking through the tough stuff with each other. That's what we need to understand. And that can be found in friendships. One of my dearest friends, I'm talking about all the departed today, Deacon Howard, George, my beloved friend, uh, we became so familiar and comfortable with each other, we walked through all kinds of stuff together uh, in the church and our families and everything. And it wasn't all good, but it was tough, but we kind of made it together to the point where when I'd go over to visit them for dinner, I, I could just go to sleep on the couch. I just go over there and go to sleep. They wake me up for dinner. It was joy. I was full of joy because we, we hung in there together. That is so important. That's the joy Christ is talking about. St. James says, count it all joy. Count it all joy. So where else can we get it? We get it, I think, we get that joy in the other, in serving others. My life I spent, before I became a full-time priest, I was a special educator for 15 years. And I was, every day, I touched joy. Full of joy. 
That little baby's not full of joy right now, but you'll be full of joy later. I'll get with you later. They, these beautiful people in my life, all of them, gave me such joy because you served without expecting anything back. That was a beautiful thing for me. And to touch their lives and to be a part of their lives and to have that touch me, every day I had joy. Very beautiful. I have that same joy here with you, serving you, expecting nothing in return. <laughs> it's service. It's serving the other. It's extending yourself. That's joy, and that joy can't be taken from you. You don't need anything back. You don't serve to get something back. You serve to love, to, to be with. So that's another thing. The Lord says, well done, good and faithful servants. Enter into the joy of your Lord when we serve. Enter into the joy of your Lord when you serve. Beautiful. So, where else do we get joy? In church. Church. I've said, told this story before, but there were times when I would come to church uh, when we were out in Isla Vista, and Father Richard would be sitting in that chair. Wake up. That chair right there, all by himself. And I'd walk by... Say, how are you, Father? He says, Father Nicholas, this is the only place life makes sense. To get joy. He sat there to get joy. To get joy. Lord, the St. Paul says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may be abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. You know, when we come we can just be present here and let the joy of heaven come to you. It's all around you. Look, 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 look. They're all filled with joy. All those saints, the Lord, the Mother of God, St. Athanasius, St. John, they're all filled with joy. We come around them. We stand with them. We, we experience that joy that they have that they give to us. Just come to church. Just let that joy be present. That joy cannot be taken from you. So beautiful. Where else do we get the joy? We get the joy also in confession and confessing our sins. You know, there's an incredible line in the scriptures. The Lord says, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner that repents from uh, uh, and not from the righteous that don't need repentance. There's joy where? When you confess? Heaven. You bring joy to heaven. Your guardian angel loves it when you repent. And you are filled with joy in your repentance. This is such an important thing. You know, when we carry around our stuff, our sins... That robs us of joy. 
You can't have it. It it goes away. When your sins are sitting in front of your face, when you confess them and get them out of your way, there's more joy in heaven. There's joy in your heart. You know, these words are so important to hear. May God forgive you all things through me, a sinner, in this present life and that which is to come and set you uncondemned before his dread judgment seat. And now, having no further care for the sin which you have confessed, depart in peace. Oh! Oh, exhale. You left it all there. Leave it alone. Leave it behind you. Don't take it forward. Oh, we are so blessed with that sacrament. And we and I don't take advantage of it as much as we should. There's joy in that confession. Finally, let me give you one more example And this is the joy of Holy Communion which we are about to partake. I need to tell you a story about this. It's always affected me. There's a beautiful old priest called John. His name was Father John Reinhold. He was the priest. They called him the priest of love. He always loved people, loved, talked about love. He was just the most incredible man. One time, and he was in his old age, and he was able to, not able to stand for very long, and every bright week after Pascha, we have a liturgy at St. Nicholas Cathedral, and Father John was there. He's passed on since then. A blessed memory, an everlasting repose, St. Father John. So he comes up. We all take communion. He comes up and takes communion. And then as we're standing back in our rows around the altar, he comes up to each one of us. He says, Father Nicholas, congratulations for taking the body and blood of our Lord God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father John, thank you. God bless you for taking the Lord, the blood of our Lord God and Savior, to each priest, with tears in his eyes. And I'm going, wow. Do I get, do, I don't get this. I don't, get, I don't get it that way. We, are, we should be overwhelmed with joy that we partake of the body and blood of Christ. Overwhelmed. Blown away. With tears in our eyes. And I condemn myself first for this. You know, there's a beautiful prayer of St. John of Damascus. He says... Uh, and the woman with the issue of blood, and the harlot came to her, and she says, by the one, by the one, by touching the hem of thy garment, received healing. And the other, by washing your feet with her tears, received the forgiveness of her sins. And then he says, I most sinful dare to partake of the whole body. Today you partake of that, that joy-filled communion we need beloved we have joy it's all around us it's given to us by christ it's a joy that cannot be taken away from you it's a joy that we should hold on to and be so grateful as christian people that it shines through us that we shine with that joy 
So may God bless us this day. May we hear these these words be fulfilled. That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.